Hello, everybody, and welcome. This is the Midnight McBride Show, episode number 33. And I've called this show Change Vibration Movement. And that's because I've got the founder of Change Vibration Movement on the show, um, Rebecca Scarlett Davis. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Patrick. Hi, welcome onto the show. Thank you. Yeah, you're looking wonderful with your headdress, would you call it? Yes, my Indonesian headdress. Ah, right, okay, which is somewhere you've been. So we have a lot to talk about, Rebecca. We do. I didn't realise how much we had to talk about from the initial show notes, but we've had a pre-show chat and we've Mm -hmm. been through everything with a special visitor in the studio today, Lynette. Mm, Yes. So, hello, Lynette, go and say hello. 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 I don't know know whether that'll pick you up or not. So in the pre-show chat, we talked about other things that I didn't realise and we've got quite a lot I want to talk about. So... First of all, on your Facebook page, your business page, you mm-hmm. describe yourself as a sonic gypsy. Yeah. And I'm assuming that's because you're all about sound. Yeah. And also because you can't stay still for very long because you're, uh, you've travelled the world, haven't you? Yes, I yeah. have. And yeah. I've been back in England for the past two years and um, it's probably the longest place I've been for yeah. several years now. Well, <laughs> I love traveling. I think as human beings, we weren't meant to stay in one place. We were born. I agree. We were nomadic. Yeah. I liken it to a ship that's moored in the docks where the ropes are tied and you have to let go of your past and in order to move forward. And I think we were meant to explore, have new experiences, meet new people, do new things, see new places. Yes, totally. And I I feel that if we stay in the same place, life can become stagnant. Um, we become accustomed to what we're seeing and then we can not appreciate it as much as yeah. when we're moving. We have new experiences and different environments and different people. Yeah, That's different where we cultures. learn and grow the most. Yeah. I don't think we were ever meant to live in a box, you know. I know no. generally people get a We've house. We've been programmed yeah. to think that we are. And surround ourselves with walls and close the doors and live in fear and lock those mm-hmm. doors. And yeah. as human beings... This life has so much to offer, but we have to, you know, step outside our comfort zone sometimes, which mm-hmm. is what you did, and, and go see. Yeah, go see. check it out. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about change, vibration, movement, and, and what is it? I know it's about yes. sound, frequency, vibration. Tell us a little bit yeah, about it. So yeah. change, vibration, movement is about um, sharing different, ways to change your own vibration. So um, I hold sound meditation journeys, which have become kind of like a therapy, really. So it's for people to come and experience meditation, but sound-induced meditation. So I use the Himalayan singing bowls to do this. I use a gong and a hand drum as well. A lot like a, a sound bath. Yes, yeah, they're called sound baths, which yeah. people think are actually in baths, but it's actually the sound. Yeah. The sound is bathing your body. It's like a sound massage. Yeah. And the sound actually touches us on a cellular level. So it vibrates the body because every single organ has a va- different vibration. Mm-hmm. The chakras have vibrations. We're made of so many vibrations. And our vibrations in this present day can become off so the sound helps to retune i also use tuning forks as well yeah the harmonic spectrum which are the frequencies of the chakras so it's using sound to retune the mind and the body yeah wonderful (laughs) i've been to a number of sound baths and 
gong baths initially and then sound baths. Yes. And I experienced the first time I did it, it was emotional. Yeah. Very, very emotional. emotional. And what I learned is, for example, the gong, they all had different names, these mm. gongs. And when you hit the gong, it emits a sound. But the yeah. sound is very powerful and you can feel the sound yes. waves and it resonates with different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of people at the end of a sound bath crying. And these aren't tears of, you know, um, stress or trauma. These are tears of happiness because mm. I believe you can get to a certain point where you've you've meditated and you've done yoga and you've been on courses and you've tried everything. And sometimes when you just can't get that trapped energy out, the gongs force it out to you. Yeah. They'll make you, you might be a liver vibrate or your shoulder yeah, vibrate totally. or something. It'll match a frequency of certain parts of your body and it'll release this trapped stress or trauma. Mm-hmm. And just like having a bottle, maybe bubbles trapped under sea or bubbles trapped under water, and then you shake it, move it around, and, and it releases yes, it. You know? yes, so, yes. yeah, I, I know it's a very powerful tool. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And from my readings after I um, began my journey with the Himalayan singing bowls, I discovered in some of the readings that uh, writings that um, actually sound, they say, um, awakens a star inside of your being. And that, like you just explained, it brings out emotion. Yeah. It affects all the water, all of the bloods in our bodies. It affects the brain waves. And sound affects our hormones as well. Like when we hear music that's sad or happy, yeah. it changes how we feel. So um, I believe sound has more power than we realize. And it's been used for thousands and thousands of years yeah. for meditation, for healing. And it's an ancient practice that has, hasn't has been so known about in the West, but since the 60s, when people traveled over to the East, they've brought these amazing instruments back with them. And yeah. now it's becoming fashionable, should we say. Yeah. <laughs> so, sounds very powerful. And I, yeah. it can affect the material world. And just to give a simple example, an opera singer can match the frequency of a glass, resonate with that glass and break that glass. Well, yeah, that's a really great example. And I'll show you with the water in the bowl later on. But um, like I said, everything has a frequency, a vibration. And if you reach a frequency of what it is, it can smash, it resonates. Mm. Also, we don't want to vibrate the body to the point where they can actually liquefy the the, the body inside the internal organs you've heard of brown noise yeah. white noise which can make the body lose control of all the muscles and uh mm. can be a bit full-on but yeah. <laughs> so what we're doing when, when we're using sound um as a healing tool is we're just resonating the organs realigning the hemispheres of the brain because we're left brain dominant yeah. putting these hemispheres back to ba- the balanced state that they should be in for ultimate well-being yeah, it's actually proven scientifically. I read yeah. research on this that sound is one of the few things that can allow the brain to work in harmony mm-hmm. with the left and the right side of the brain. I, I mean, I went in a flotation tank years ago and switched off the left side, the logic, mm-hmm. and the right yes. side took over. And it was, um, I mean, we won't go into it now, but an amazing experience. I yeah. write about it, you know. So sound can do lots of things yeah, yeah. sound is um like binaural beats for instance yeah listen to those, so it's yeah. two different frequencies in each ear that creates the brain creates a third harmonic which then aligns the hemispheres so yeah. i always suggest people to listen to that because it really helps with anxiety stress yeah. just to calm the whole being 
just through the sound. Yeah. And I actually advised my stepmother to use that when she had an operation. And uh, the nurse couldn't find her pulse at the end. <laughs> she <laughs> didn't feel anything. She felt she was floating. Yeah. So, like, they've... They've demonstrated operations can be done with if the mind doesn't realize it, it doesn't feel it in the body. So the mind is so powerful yeah. and you can do that with sound also. So we're going to rewind it back. Yes. And we're going to start right at the beginning. And you're from Liverpool. Yes. And which part of Liverpool from are you Walton. from? Walton. Walton. Yeah, okay. from, um, from the football area, I'd probably say. You know, yeah. not far from Anfield and Goodison was at the top of the road of my school. So, And you... What I found was quite fun in your notes that you used to dance at Garland's. Yes, I did. Because <laughs> I used to go to Garland's and the 051 and Quadrant Park. I don't know if you remember no. that, another club. That was rough. Yeah. But uh, the 051 The 051 was, was a bit rough too, huh? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Garland's was more, there was a lot of transvestite DJs, a lot more liberal, a lot more fun. Yeah. It was a much much nicer environment, yeah. I think. Yeah. And so the music, I, I love the music The music in was the best. Yeah. So I first started going to Garland's when I was about 18. And my friends and I had started going to Matthew Street, you know, yeah. going out when we were younger. And we found it to be very aggressive. Um, lots of males being um, inappropriate. So we felt a bit threatened and we found our way to Garland. And I yeah. remember the first time we went there on Halloween and we had the most amazing night together. We felt so comfortable. We were totally accepted in. Everyone was dressed up and like, it was just so free. It was kind of imagine how it was like in the 60s yeah. you know, in America. Well, I remember the first time I went, we'd, we're all having ecstasy. We're all yeah. eat up and... We were going to the 051 and for whatever reason, we went to Garland's instead. Mm. And this was my first time. And there was a 20, 22 stone guy in a dress DJing, I thought. Yeah, that's my friend Sog Trey. <laughs> and I thought, yes, this is my kind of place. With the phone. She used to have yes, a phone. Yes. She'd go, Sog Trey, DJ. And then she'd always rewind the music back. Yeah, Brilliant. well, that was, whoever that is. Trilo so, as well, yeah. she's called herself. <laughs> that DJ was the the very first night I went, and I yeah. and I straight in the away, boudoir. yeah, <laughs> straight away I thought, yeah, I'm all over this. I love I this, know, you know, because I felt relaxed. Yeah, and it know? was like down a little kind of a little bit like a dark alleyway, really, and then it was. Yeah, you went inside. It, it was a magical, sparkly, glittery disco ball. Like yeah, Quadrant Park used to be. It was just like a big warehouse, mm -hmm. you know, just a, a big steel frame building with, you know, 10,000 people in it. Yeah. Garland's was small rooms yeah. leading off to one another, mm -hmm. much smaller club, more intimate, yes. you know, a, a nicer environment. And yeah. they, we used to spend five hours on the Saturday daytime decorating it when I went on to work for them. And yeah. we had 1,500 balloons. We used to have Betty dolls, you know, like Barbie dolls hung from the ceiling and every week was a different theme. So all the decor reflected this as well as all the da the dancers' outfits as well. Yeah. So it was very creative. And Marky J and Cian and Sog Trey, all the, the founding people who put their energies into it. You know, they were yeah. the creative force behind it. What are they all doing now? Sog Trey um, owns Superstar Boudoir. Uh, Sian. What's that? Uh, Superstar Boudoir, um, when Sog Trey left Garland, yeah. she set up her own um, club and it's Superstar Boudoir. It's in the in the gay quarter, I want to say, of Liverpool now, because right. now there's that a quarter. It's closed at the minute, probably. Uh, I think so, every, yeah. yeah. And now, but, it, but yeah, it's a beautiful, um, just a small venue with little booths and a dance floor and she DJs there still. Right. You know? <laughs> I, I'm going to go. Yeah, she's <laughs> fantastic. You should definitely go. Yeah. Still... 
very large in a dress. <laughs> fabulous. Okay, yeah, fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. And Sian um, works in the Lisbon, and she was doing um, tranny bingo. Mm -hmm. So she's still been active and in G bar as well. So yeah, awesome. Still the same, still going, still going strong. Now, in the pre-show chat, you said you were okay to talk about most things, you mm -hmm. know, which is which is good. I like that because yes. I want to have some honest and open chats. I think that. In order for other people to be comfortable with certain things, somebody's got to go first. So we'll talk about anything. And then people think, oh, it's not just me. I'm not the only one. And, yeah, and we start to, we open the, the doors of communication and start that conversation. So you're okay to talk about drugs. Yes, and yes. You smoked marijuana mm -hmm. initially. Yes. And then you experimented with psychedelics yeah. as well. Now, within that bracket, psychedelics, what does that include? Well, the first thing I probably explored was with um, LSD. Yeah. I mean, before yeah. we started taking ease, when yeah. I was sort of 15, 16 year old, I was throwing trips down my neck for fun, you know, oh. they were, you know. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of all, all happened really when I stepped into Garland's, you know, I was introduced because I was found in the gay clubs. So they have the best drugs as well as the best music. <laughs> and like, good quality, you know, the, there's good quality things there. So, yeah. We started exploring with ecstasy, which was incredible. And I really loved the euphoric feeling that I experienced mm. in ecstasy, but I wanted more, I expected more. And I thought, oh, you know, what else is there? So when I first took LSD, um, I, then I realized, you know, this is There's a different reality yeah. and it's magical. It's what I, I was looking for. And I felt at home there, I felt like everything, kind of mm. made more sense, like it was a communication with the higher higher consciousness. Yeah. We're not encouraging or advising anybody to take drugs at all. We're just talking about things we've done in the past, <laughs> which is healthy, so that we can see how we arrived in this present moment. But yeah, we're not encouraging or telling anybody to take drugs. At the time, I thought, you know, um, everyone seemed to paint it as like a bad thing to do, mm. dirty thing to do, it was wrong, breaking is against the law. Yeah, and at well, the time I was young, I didn't understand, but now, you know, over 20 years later, I realized that there's reasons why it's against the law and actually was the best yeah. thing I ever did because it, it blew my mind open to the other realm, yeah. to other realms that do exist. Uh, and it's affected my work today. What I do with the sound bats and yeah. the sound journeys and well, the magical places I take to people is from these experiences. A lot of the spiritual people that I encounter that maybe come on the show or do the radio with me, uh, these people took hallucinogenics yeah. at some point on the journey, yeah. whether it's ayahuasca, whether it's LSD, whether it's psilocybin. It can be, there's lots of different yeah. avenues, but when you see somebody wearing a Head, headdress <laughs> with sound balls next yeah. to them and that look generally she might happy. Have been the trip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite often on that journey, hallucinogenics are part of it, even yes. if it's only briefly to open the doors. Exactly. Yeah. You know. I totally agree. We've talked about this on the show before, and anybody that takes a drug, for example, cocaine, there are no real positives to cocaine. No. It's, it's a negative drug, and I've Greedy. taken massive piles of it. And yes. cocaine is quite destructive. And certainly at the latter stages of taking it, it can destroy lives. Yes. There are no positive sides. It's, it's not really, although originally it may come from a plant, mm -hmm. by the time they finish messing about with it, it's, it's not really a plant medicine and yes. it, can, it can destroy lives. It's very different in Peru and Colombia, I must say. Yes. <laughs> but to what yeah. we experience here. 
Then you've got other what are classed as drugs like mushrooms and ayahuasca and mm-hmm. these kind of things that are plant medicines that I don't see as even drugs at all. Mm-hmm. However, the point I'm going to make is that irrelevant of what it is you put in your body, it should be your sovereign right to put what you want in your body. You are not a criminal. You may be doing harm to yourself. You may be making some bad choices. You may just be having some fun and you may be taking plant medicine or microdosing to relieve stress and anxiety and trauma. Either way, any combination of that, whether it's good or bad for you, it still shouldn't be illegal. I do not view that as a criminal act. You know, if you're putting drugs in your body, you're not a criminal. You might be a fool. You might mm-hmm. be making some bad choices or you might be making some good choices, mm-hmm. but you're not a criminal. You know, I think that I find it crazy, mm. you know, and to ban plants, to make a mushroom illegal seems crazy to me. However, that's that's the situation. So I'm yeah. not encouraging anybody to do that, but I've taken them and I'm quite happy about that. You know, yeah, cocaine, very different story, very destructive story. And my life went downhill. Mushrooms I've taken and I don't have, I wake up in the morning. There's no come down. There's no No. bad side effects. And certainly if you're microdosing, fantastic for removing stress and anxiety. Yeah, totally. And I think um, the powers that shouldn't be don't want people who are whose minds are blown open they want you to drink a lot thinking. of coffee and go and make as much money as you can and yeah. pay as much tax as you in can you system. don't want you to sit back and think do you know what i'm going to no. just be and think and see yeah. everything as it really is exactly. you in the show mentioned about 2015 in california with mushrooms and yeah we thought we'd maybe just discuss that yeah so um when i took some mushrooms in california um uh, I took a f- uh, probably a little bit more than I should have done because I didn't realize the power of them and I took a lot, which turned out to be a good thing. Um, so I took these mushrooms and it was on Halloween. We had an amazing experience. We were up in the mountains, in the Trinity Mountains um, yeah. in California. It was Sounds amazing. like a nice setting if you're going to do that. Yeah. yeah, with the fire and the open sky and it was magical. Anyway, the I went to sleep eventually, and the following um, morning, it was the following day actually, when I went to sleep that evening, um, a ra- I was sleeping in a tent, and a raindrop actually fell on the tent from the trees above. And as I was just falling into sleep, the raindrop fell into the tent, and I actually saw it like a firework explosion when my eyes were closed. And it was as if I didn't just see it, but I felt the vibration of it go through my mm. whole body. You know, when you do the fall asleep thing and you go <gasps> like, and you, yeah. as if you're pulling out of your body, it yeah. was like that. And my partner was next to me and I gave him a small heart attack and I tried to explain what had happened. And he was just like, oh, just go back to sleep. So yeah. anyway, then, I can see sound. No, you're just tripping yeah. love. No. <laughs> and I was like, then it happened again. And, um, just went right through me big and then since that night it happens all the time and in fact it's got more detail the what i see is like a, a fractal pattern it changes color it comes from different angles i can as i'm just going into rested state any slight noise that i hear i will see the 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 physical vibration of it in a, in an image with eyes closed see you know a lot of savants when they do advanced mathematics in the head Mm. or there's only a few people that can actually draw accurately fractals Mm. you know they use computers to do it normally but savants these are geniuses people that are off the chart with their intelligence they can do mathematics and they don't do it by 
you know, long division or using yeah. these, they see the numbers and they're displayed in patterns and colours and that's yeah. that's how it's done. You yeah, know. It's, it's fantastic. So I did do some research on it and it turns out that it's a form of synesthesia, which children, um, at the moment, a lot of children are being born with and they can see it with their eyes open, see sounds and they taste the sounds as well. From my um, research, um, on a blind man who could see sound, the V1 and V4, different parts of the brain which normally don't talk, the neural pathways have now communicated, which I believe is due to the mushrooms, <laughs> which there would make you sense. Go. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the science part. Yeah. yeah. So continuing talking about sound mm -hmm. and you've had the doors bust open with <laughs> yes. psilocybin, I imagine, with yes. the mushrooms. You actually previously studied sound you went to college yeah, didn't you yeah. and you were also a dj yeah. yeah so i went first i studied djing at hard city records and then i went on to lipa to study music production yeah. and it was here that one of my teachers actually spoke to me um, and explained the power of sound during a microphone lesson yeah. he said that in the army they actually have ships with holes in the bottom and what they do is they beam different frequencies from one side, from, from the whole circle across to create a, a field, a grid yep. that keeps the water out. And I was 21 and that just absolutely blew my yeah. mind. I couldn't understand how that could be possible. I mean, it was wild out there. Anyway, yeah. I kept that with me um, and then I went on and I studied engineering at SE Institute and then... Um, down to London, carried on, worked in Omniphone for a digital music company. So that's like Spotify. Yeah, so we designed an app, like it was called Music Station, and we launched in um, Sweden, South Africa, Hong Kong in 2007. So I got to witness the uh, digital revolution, really. So we worked with the major record labels. We had all yeah. the, the catalogs. And, and this was when, um, you know, we were, we were listening to music in a very different way as we do now. And I remember having it on my phone as I was doing some handset testing on the user interface and I was showing people, look at this. And they were like, that'll never take off. That'll never take off. <laughs> that'll never work. And I was saying, I think it might. My, and then yeah. I was using Shazam, I was doing some testing with Shazam. And Shazam's Grace. an amazing bit of Yeah, tech, and I was it? combining the two to see which I could break, which one would work the best to incorporate into our app. Anyway, um, it was amazing just to see the digital revolution as all the as the record labels let a lot of their staff go because they had no need for them anymore. And that was quite sad. But we moved into this digital era where, yeah. you know, the sound quality of a of a song has <laughs> gone from 128 to like a fraction of the size, which, you know, I did some testing on that to see if the normal people could notice the difference in the quality of sound. And I'm a sound snob. Yeah, and it's actually amazing what the brain can, with just a, uh, like a, a, not a detailed fingerprint, but every song has a fingerprint and depending on the quality is the depth of the fingerprint. And you can actually convince the mind by playing a very small, uh, low quality size sound, but it still can be, be taken as the same for the untrained ear. At this point, Rebecca, you then, in your notes, and we talked about it, you had a meltdown. Mm -hmm. Or I had, when I went through my nervous breakdown, I had a wobble. And it took me a long time, about a year, before I could actually say nervous breakdown. Yeah. And although it's not actually a, officially a medical term and it's not recognised, but 
I didn't like using that term. So I just had a bit of a wobble, you yeah. know, and you had your meltdown. And you can call it the shift, a spiritual awakening, a yeah. midlife crisis. There's lots of names for it. But I definitely believe that looking back on it now, at the time it was the end of the world for me. It mm-hmm. felt like my life yeah, was over. Totally. Now, I see it for a lot of people as a necessary part of a spiritual mm-hmm. journey or a spiritual awakening. Yes. If that hadn't have happened when it did, I would not be alive now. Yeah, that's totally. that for me is a fact, you know, because it made mm-hmm. me pause, reevaluate, reassess, and start again because I was way out of alignment. Yeah, you know, the way I felt inside and my outward actions in the outside world were nowhere near, yeah. they were miles apart. Yes. Now I try and be and act and do how I feel, you know, for my part, my dharma, you know, yeah, totally. irrelevant of. What we do as human beings, we overthink things and follow a logical path. And sometimes you need to ignore that, bypass it and do something even when it doesn't make any sense. Yes. You know, follow heart. heart. Exactly. <laughs> totally. So you went through a ex- similar experience. Yeah. So yeah. Um, it came to be, I was, so I was working in a digital music company. I was also organizing the events and um, obviously music companies full of wild people who yep. love to play. So mm. very intelligent group of creative people who all came together and we were drinking a lot. We were working so hard and we were drinking a lot um, and we were partying and I was still in the cycle from garlands of being, you know, the party girl. And yep. I was... Um, Organizing all the Omni funds, we used to call them. We were, you know, going Omni down. Funds. Omni funds. who yeah. were going down. Like they'd give me a budget, and I'd plan a wild party, which included being fancy dress. And yeah. you know, I drove a boat down the Thames dressed as a pirate. We were in a sequined eye mask and feather. All right, <laughs> like for absolutely brilliant moments. But um, it came to a point where I just started to um, ask myself, "Is this it?" I mean, mm. it was fun, but it didn't seem to hold the same like yeah. it wasn't captivating me life anymore there's a big difference between pleasure which is derived from the external world yeah and and joy and bliss which mm-hmm. comes from inside and yeah. although you can be experienced a lot of pleasure quite yeah. often people can be inside miserable yeah you know? and i started to, f- to feel this tug inside that was like you know something's off and I'd started to read a lot of different books the um the alchemist uh, yes. Celestial prophecies yeah. you know um Wayne Dyer all yeah. these people and I've I've and the people who were around me as well we'd started to explore the tarot cards and like looking looking for other things and um it just all came to a head one day and I uh, ended up come to the point where because I had such horrific migraines that I had to go to the doctor and because my work was was impacting my work so I went to the doctor the doctor gave me some beta blockers Mm. I've never been one for taking um Mm. tablets that you know other than the the fun ones and um basically in work I took two beta blockers I was sitting at my computer and my face went cold on the left side And I was like, oh, this feels feeling weird. So I started to Google what it taken and I got a diagram up and it says that it, it numbs the, the nerves here to the forehead, which would help with the migraine because it was right in the third eye. I realized yeah. now at the time I didn't understand about that. Anyway, I went to the bathroom 
and the whole left side of my face, all the muscles had stopped working. Mm. <laughs> I thought it had a stroke. I've had a stroke. Have you? Yeah, when I was about 27. Oh yeah. my gosh. I was paralyzed on one side and it took about six, six months to recover. And that was terrifying because oh you think, gosh. I might not get better. This might yeah. be it. You know, and I couldn't use my arm and it was oh, horrendous. No. A long time ago. It's scary. It was at the you time. You lose yeah. control. So I felt I lost control. I couldn't. I didn't know what to do and I just sobbed in the bathroom. I didn't even recognize myself. I just felt like such a shadow and um, I left the office. I was so confused. Um, I locked myself out of my own debit card. I stumbled to the train and I knew the train Sounds people. like a stroke. If you say it wasn't, it sounds like one. Okay. No, I think it was the beta blockers. I mean, yeah. it, wore, it wore off after the tablets right, went. Okay. So it was, it was the yeah. impact on the tablets. So... Um, I because I was so confused, I almost fell onto the train track. Because with a stroke, yeah. you become confused as well. You mm. can't think properly. I mean, maybe, yeah. it could be, but it was straight after I took the tablet, yeah. so I'm not sure. Anyway, I got home and um, I obviously had a big chat with myself and I made myself some promises and that I was not going to allow myself to become one of these people who who med who are medicated to yeah. survive life. I, I didn't want to be one of those people. I was on Zopiclone, which is a strong sleeping tablet, and it gets prescribed in 3.5 or 7 milligrams. Mm -hmm. And I was taking the highest dosage, and usually they will only give you seven days supply. I was on it for five years, and I ended up buying them off the internet because... I couldn't get enough of the things, wow. you know what I mean? And when I came off them, I had three months of hell and pouring with sweat. It was it was oh, really? traumatic, yeah. yeah. And I made the decision I was never going back there again, yeah. you know, so. I just took two. <laughs> that was enough. <laughs> Once my face stopped working, I thought, okay, but they're not for me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I made some promises to myself that I wasn't going to let this continue on. And for, with the books that I'd read, I realized the secret as well. I yeah. started to put it into practice and I thought I'm going to make space for a change. So I decided to say, I'm leaving. I'm this um, change is coming. I'm leaving. I didn't know where I was going. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I knew I was, I was moving on from, from this time in my life. And this is where Australia is your next yeah, quarter call, so isn't it? I actually time met someone and yeah. um, he suggested going back to Australia he was Australian. So right. I said, yes, how, how can I do this? And it happened so quickly. I got the visa granted. Alignment. And yeah, everything just, everything fell into just place. went, yeah. I was like, it's meant to be. So off we went to Australia. You know, it was so sad to leave all my work friends behind because we've become like a family and we're still so close now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I got rid of everything I could and uh, had a very emotional goodbye to my family. And off I went to Australia to begin my new life. Mm. <laughs> I, I've done that also. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah we have very yeah. similar that's Where did similar you go story. in Australia? Um, to Sydney and yeah, then south to Wollongong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah. I went there. Beautiful place, isn't yeah. it? It's quite mixed memories for me, really. Mixed feelings mm. about it, unfortunately. But uh, a beautiful place. It and is beautiful. This partner you went with, though, and, you know, yeah, that yeah. it developed into a situation where, you know, he displayed characteristics that you didn't know maybe were hidden and he, yeah. he wasn't the person you thought he was. Well, I think that they were, looking back now, they were quite obvious at the time, but, you know, loving eyes that Love they never see, do yeah, they? And you can't see what's right in front of you. And people around you can, but they're a little bit wary about 
how honest they should be with you. And I think if anyone can see that in a person, a person's in that situation, always choose to be totally honest because afterwards when they go, I did think that, you know, yeah, it's not the best. Yeah. A real friend will tell you something yeah. you don't want to hear and be prepared for the fact that you might even fall out with them. But exactly. then in due At course, least, they yeah. will, although you it's something they don't want to hear, they'll listen to it. Yeah. It will probably then have some impact on the mind. They will question yeah. things. And usually a couple of months later, they come back and go, you were right. Yeah. You, know. you don't want to hear it and you might attack them, be yeah, defensive yeah. because it's not what you want to I've, hear. I've told friends before, I've gone and said, your partner's cheating on you and they go, what are you talking about? Yeah. I say, I'm telling you, your partner's, and they, yeah. they'll fall out with you. And then a couple of months later, they'll go, you're right. Yeah. You know, so these yeah. things, they happen. And then off you went on your travels. Yeah. Now, so. there's, there's so much to cover here. And some of the places you've, I'm just going to list some of the things you've done. And you spent time with Aboriginals. Mm. You've been to Indonesia. Yeah. You've been to Peru and had plant medicine, which yeah. includes ayahuasca and wachuma, which I've also had, which I've talked about. I've done a show all about plant medicine. Mm -hmm. You also went to Guatemala and did cacao. Yeah. Yes. And you've been traveling over the Amazon and you've been to the Himalayas and you brought a dog back with you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, touch, there's a lot to cover there and we could yeah, do a whole show just on this element, but mm -hmm. maybe touch on those briefly, part of your um, journey. Yeah. So yeah. let's start with the, the Aboriginals. So um, when I left this crazy relationship, uh, I actually went first to... In, uh, to uh, I went to the West Coast and did a road trip with uh, a friend from London and an, a new Irish friend. Yeah. So three girls traveling in a camper van. Yeah. So we started. Road trip. Yeah, we yes. started in Perth. We drove down to Margaret River and then we drove all the way up to Darwin. And in between, we met the Aboriginals and we were in Broome. And it's just yeah. the most incredible West Coast. Like, there's so many different. Um, landscapes and inland and we went to the Karajini yeah. National Falls and you can't explain the beauty really with words you have to and feel it and see it Aboriginals as with certain tribesmen the indigenous people in certain yeah. lands still they can very clearly see that yeah. Western man is quite insane mm -hmm. and they're very in tune people yeah. and um, it was very beautiful how we met actually so I was sitting in the camper van the girls had gone into we were in a gas station and I was reading and um, I just heard this voice in my head say, hey, you. And I thought, you know, we have voices in our heads, a few of them, but yeah. I never heard this one before. We don't <laughs> always talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a male's voice. And it was like, hey, you. And, and I just looked to my right and there was an Aboriginal man standing at the exit of the gas station looking at me, had a black brim hat on with circular um, mirrors on. And he had blonde hair and piercing blue eyes and he was dark skinned and he's yeah. just looking at me. And I couldn't obviously, he'd said it in my head. It wasn't through my ears that I heard him. Then the girls got back in the camper van. They said, we've just saved this man from being robbed by these Aboriginal girls. So they'd stopped him from being robbed, his van, yeah. his truck. And um, she handed me his business card and she said, he's an elder. And I said, yeah like that and off we drove and he he invited them to stay on the reserve with the, with yeah. the, with him come for, to visit so the next day we drove there and it was a five-hour drive from um broom to lombardina 
and he met us there and we they welcomed us in and we ended up working there living there and we had the most incredible experience mm. um the ranger um actually took us all around showed us all the different places footprints that were hundreds thousands of years old yeah. showed us all the plants taught us their ways and it was just the most special experience. They taught me how to fish. We all fished at night together. They taught me how to handline fish. They taught me how to spear. Um, I was with the kids spearing, going through, like, you know, it was like going back back in time for me. It was beautiful. As with Ibergain and again with the Aborigine people and also where we're going to talk about now, which is when you're in Peru, all use plant medicines mm -hmm. and hallucinogenic plant medicines as yes. well. Maybe tell us about your experience with ayahuasca. Yeah, so I traveled to uh, the Sacred Valley in Peru, mm -hmm. um, having spent a lot of time with a friend who recommended me to go there. And I lived there in the valley and met some incredible people and um, found an amazing place um, to experience ayahuasca with a, with a local man. And... Um, I mean, it's the most disgusting thing, one of the most disgusting things you'll ever drink. But yeah. you have... Did, did you, obviously, you vomited and... <laughs> yes. yeah. Some people I shit as well. More. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually needed more, so I had to have more. But, yeah. you know, we were in a beautiful uh, ceremony space, all in a circle. He was singing the Icaros, the most gorgeous yeah. voice. And yeah. his children were there drinking also. It was in the family. Mm. Um, and... I felt like I morphed into lots of different animals, like from a scorpion up to a bird, a puma, lots of noise, physical noise, mm. movement and noises coming out of me. And Did it was, it, it was mean, next level. <laughs> ayahuasca with me, it changed me. Mm -hmm, you know, it was sure. a significant event in my life. Mm -hmm. And from that point forward, a lot of things, I believe that when you, push in a certain direction for something and you're trying to force something and you've got a preconceived or determined idea about how it's going to happen. It doesn't. When you let go and you say, oh, yeah. just throw it out to the universe, cast it off, and then yeah. it gets delivered at the speed of light. Yeah, no and expectations. Once I'd done the ayahuasca, my life just started to fall into place. Yeah. You know, lots of synchronicity yeah. in alignment. Clarity comes, I found, after yeah. drinking that. It took me a long time to process because so much yeah. happened in a short space of time. They say 10 years in therapy of in one night, don't they? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, equivalent, yeah. totally. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. But I actually, my mother had been unwell for several years and um i she came over with my stepfather and actually picked her up at cusco airport in a wheelchair yeah and we spent two months working on getting her better and she drank ayahuasca with me and ah, it was amazing uh, yeah. because she'd been suffering with um chronic migraines depression anxiety social anxiety yeah. she had sensitivity to light um she was on so much medication that we managed to get her off over the two months slowly yeah. the ayahuasca when she took it she she purged and um i was doing a master cleanse parasite cleanse with her and you know as you do before you take ayahuasca you you clean your body yeah um she passed a six inch tapeworm which I knew she had parasites from spending time with a doctor Whoa. when I hitchhiked in Australia, yeah. a parasite specialist. I thought, I'm not a doctor, but you're showing symptoms of this. So we were doing this cleanse and she passed a six inch tapeworm. At the back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, everything went uphill from there. Yeah. Like his, it was draining her, you know, as parasites, they take yeah. your life force. 
you know, she was gray, she had no energy, she, she her balance was off. She, yeah. And she had all these cravings for meat, sweets, like bread, you know. And mm. then after that, she was so much better. She she could walk again. She was she had no balance. She couldn't stand up very well. Yeah. And she she went home like doing John Travolta where she'd arrived in a wheelchair looking like she'd been dug up. And the seeing that for myself, how powerful it was. And yeah. she only drank once. Yeah. And it totally impacted her health. It's it's important here. We talked about this on the show before in depth and I didn't go there. It wasn't a recreational pursuit. I went there mm. because I'd tried everything and I yeah. couldn't fix certain aspects of my life. And I was always a cloud hanging over me and I suffered from depression for a yeah. while. I had addiction as well with drugs. As, and I also was on pharmaceuticals, big pharma, yeah. you know, I was on Zopiclone and stuff. All of those things, I did ayahuasca the first time once. And after that, all of those things changed. Yeah, You know, people who go there are going there... If you go there and you're just going for an experience of a fun, that's very naive possibly and very mm -hmm. few people that do that. Most people that go there are desperate. Yeah. They go there because they've nowhere left to turn. And when you get to that point where you're on the edge and you've tried everything, you think, I've nothing to lose. Yes, you totally. Know? And my mom was at that point. Mm. And she came home and she she was so much better. But I must say it did only last for six months and then slowly because of her food choices and I wasn't there to yeah. inf enforce in a way because, you know, it's hard to be strong and continue on the, the path that I'd shown her. Yeah. She did go back into the depression and um, sadly she's 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 dealing with it, but it's she wasn't as good as she, she, no. she was with Ooh. the ayahuasca. And we would like to have done it more, but the way things have been... You know, it's something we'll we will return to in the future, yeah. Um, and yeah, believe that that will help her, yeah. and it can help so many people. We've covered some of your journey, mm -hmm. and you've travelled the world. You've had various experiences. You've experienced taking drugs, as I have, and specifically psychedelics yeah. as well. Just part of your journey to this present moment, and we talk about all of these things. Very healthy to talk about it. Yes. Then you've arrived, so. We're here and now you're doing change vibration yeah. movement. So this is now your business. This is mm -hmm. what you do. And it's teaching people to change the frequency and change yeah. their experience with the outside world through sound. Yeah. So yeah. I've been back in England now since 2018, July 2018. And uh, straight away I began working in a yoga studio and doing um, sound baths. Yeah. So um, taking people into induced states of meditation. And and while, when they're in these rested states, I guide them along a journey um, yeah. with, I create uh, a soundscape to support the journey, you know, forest sounds. And I use my experience of um, engineering, music production, yeah. DJing, you well, know, yeah, there's course, highs, yeah, there's yeah. low, there's, there's gentle parts and then there's deep parts where maybe we go to the fire and we step in and we let, yeah all of the onion skin layers peel away. It's become like um, a therapy. So I take, and also, so that was how it began that way. And then I then applied the same techniques to the homeless. Yeah. So it became deeper and um, I started going to Halton House, Halton Lodge in uh, Runcorn and sharing it 
with the homeless people who were a That's bit a beautiful like, thing, by yeah. the way. It's a beautiful yeah, thing. it was a beautiful experience. At first, you were like, oh, I don't know about this love. I'm not sure about that. Don't know if I'm going to stay. Can't meditate. And then I couldn't bring them around. They were no. like almost falling off the chairs. Yeah. Well, that's and... spice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I know, I know. Bit, yeah. so, I've tried um, spice, t- by the way. Have you? I have indeed, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Only How once. Was that for you? Only once. <laughs> I... I don't think I've mentioned this on the show before. I, I went into Manchester and I brought two homeless people back to my house yeah. uh, to stay over. I just picked them up and brought them back with me. And they said the following morning, let them stay in my bed. I give them some clothes and mm-hmm. food and some money and stuff. And they had some spice with them and they were heroin addicts. And I smoked the spice with them. And this is a few years ago. Oh. And... Yeah, it was severe. I don't oh, think I'll ever yeah. do it again. I've heard it's severe. I've not yeah, tried it myself. But it put me on the floor. Yeah. Know, and I wouldn't, usually... I wouldn't advise anybody <laughs> no, to no. do it. It's not good for you. I'm usually a person who will try things a couple of times in case the first time wasn't, you know, yeah. but some things now. No, no I, I, I knew on that occasion I probably shouldn't have done it. And afterwards, I definitely didn't want to do it again. Yeah. But Unfortunately, it's it's rife now. I, there's yeah. a homeless guy in Bolton here who I speak to on a regular basis uh, most days. He stands at the traffic lights and the other day he thought he was smoking what he thought was a cannabis joint and it was oh, spice no. and he didn't know and he fell on the floor and he bust, you know, cut all his hands open oh, and everything. No. So it's uh, oh, tragic. The fact that you're doing this with homeless people, I think yeah. it's beautiful because oh, it's an amazing experience. Sometimes what they need is compassion. They need somebody to spend mm-hmm. time with them. Yeah. You know, money helps. It can buy them food mm-hmm. or drink. And I don't judge people for spending it on drugs or drink because if I was homeless, I'd probably do the same. I know. It's escapism, isn't it? Yeah. And I feel that it was perfect for them because what the singing bowls do is they induce a, a meditative state, which people with busy, crazy minds, chaotic minds struggle to silence the mind. But the bowls actually bring it to a flat line so thoughts can't come in. And then that's the space the body can be in to do the healing. You said it's like an induced meditation. Yeah, it's induced meditation. So uh, this is why I wanted to come home and share this with people because when I started traveling in Peru with with this bowl serenity, I realized that it was, I felt it was something magical I'd discovered and I wanted to share it with everyone. So I started taking it into schools, hospitals, started working with a doctor in Peru who had a whole list of people who were challenging him asking him for medication and he wouldn't give it to them and he said do you want to try your reiki and whatever you do with your bowl and he had no patience i had all of them and they'd turn up he'd say look at that woman and she'd be like looking all gray and sad and he'd say look at her form there's nothing wrong with her i've given her tests for this is she's perfectly well but look at her she's not well and she wants medication so I, d- I fusioned Reiki and um, sound meditation together um, and played the singing bowls over the body, placed them on the body. So they were induced into a meditative state and then the sound frequencies were actually penetrating them on a yeah. cellular level, healing them, um, realigning the hemispheres, returning the body to its natural state of being. And that um, was what I started to do in Peru and I wanted to bring that home and share it yeah. here. For me, a sound bath, I've listened to a sound bath on a stereo. It's not the same. You need to be in the room because then you get the things resonate with you. It's not just the the sound waves. Our bodies are microphones. Yeah. So when we hear the sound, even if the ears are closed, it's going penetrating the body. It's vibrating through all the cells, the the organs, the the water, the blood, the tissues, everything. Mm. Whereas 
if you just listen to it. That's why I haven't gone online, although I am going to. It's not the same. Yeah, I'm not about that, really. I don't want to go online. I don't mm. do um, Zoom or I know, I, online I sessions. Either. I, I was approached <laughs> to do online sessions for the meditation and I didn't feel it was, I mean, you've got to follow your heart. I don't feel that's yeah. for me, you know. Two really important points, I think. When I had a sound bath mm-hmm. and they've been amazing, I've done probably 15 or 16 of them now, something like that, I've done a lot. At the start, there's always a bit of resistance and I'm, and I'm uncomfortable yeah. and it really puts me out of sorts. And then there's a point where I let go and it's go, oh. yeah. I hear and then people the journey, do that. the journey starts then, and I am gone. I'm not in yeah. the room. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I must, I've done hundreds now of ceremonies for people, but this, especially this one bowl serenity is paid for hundreds of people. I took it to all different sacred spaces all over the world. And since I've been in Liverpool, um, working with the homeless, also with Sefton Care Centre, I've been doing sessions for the carers who care for free for friends and family. And it's an offset for the NHS that yeah. um, that do this. So we've been uh, exploring altered states of consciousness, going mm-hmm. on different journeys, and tears have been flowing. They've, you know, met with their ancestors relatives that have passed on they've healed things they've let things go we go through you know we go to the river we we release anything that no longer serves us we let it flow downstream we've stepped into the fire we've done rebirthing phoenix ceremonies we've done all these deep kind of therapy spoken therapy sessions fusioned with the sound healing that's also doing something and um, and a, just a beautiful journey for a unique journey for people to experience. The other thing which you said, which I resonated with straight away, is when I was struggling to meditate. Sometimes I get to a certain point. I try all sorts of things. I did transcendental meditation as well. I've done Buddhist meditation mm, and various yes. things. Then, if I was really struggling, I'd use external mantra. Yes. So I would chant, yeah. you know, Om Mani Padme Hum. At this point, that seemed to, when I was, I'd meditate and I get to the point, I think, I just can't meditate for whatever reason. Out, out come the big guns. I get my beads out, I do yeah. external mantra and that sound pushed everything else out. Yes. It sort of pushed the thoughts out yeah, and you ex- totally. described it like that with the yeah. sound bath where it, yeah. it st- pushes out the busy yeah. mind. Basically, um, there is no space for thought when, yeah. when the sound is there, it like clears. Rather than creating yeah. this void where you can still fit stuff in, yeah. you know, this empty mind. And we're in the monkey mind, aren't we? Yeah, so yeah. our minds are going, I need to do that. that, 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 that. And yeah. that be- it becomes for some people, that is the challenge is to have mastery over the mind, to, to turn down that voice that's really loud and can be quite negative and mean at times but it's on loud, um, to turn it down, listen to that voice, the being voice that is a whisper that's always right, to turn the volume up on that one and to yeah. l- ignore this one. Sadhguru calls it Merkada, which is yeah. Vedic, and it basically means monkey mind, which mm-hmm. means two things. It means aping or copying people, yeah. and rather than following your heart and your dharma and going from the the song within but secondly um it means unnecessary movement all this overthinking mm-hmm. all this stuff going on that's just we need to slow it down slow down and that's also what i do in the sessions we begin obviously with the breathing the bre- breath is the doorway to 
feeling calm. And it helps you to deal with stressful situations in a calm way. And this is what yoga teaches us. So yeah. as well as doing the sound meditation, um, the sound baths, I've also been teaching yoga. So change vibration is um, vibration of sound, but it's also change vibration movement. It's a change in yeah. your vibration through movement also. So we've also been exploring um releasing things with the breath as well moving um so i've been teaching yoga for the council at the gyms and i've been fusioning a, a movement and meditation session so we begin with yoga yeah and we're moving the body which is uh, releasing from my training in india trained in the himalayan foothills in rishikesh yeah, yeah i spent six weeks training there um doing a yoga teacher trainers course and it's just yoga a life is, changing and always has been preparing yeah. the body for meditation yeah exactly and, and yoga is union yeah isn't it? yeah mm. yoga means unity of the mind body and spirit and i yeah. think when we realize that you know we are the holy trinity of three we have a physical being we have the energetic being with the mental being and you know they they're not always in alignment together right. and through the breath in my life really in alignment yeah. <laughs> i think is i know great. it's a daily practice yeah. and nobody's perfect nothing is perfect and um when we realize that you know not everybody breathes properly we can breathe learning how to breathe through the lower diaphragm how to mm. release things through the breath, how to do fire breathing to to uh, recycle the air that's in the body. And, you know, air is energy. It get, we, if we, we don't recycle the air that's in the lower diaphragm, we're not accessing the full energy we can from all the air yeah. around us. When I speak to somebody in the stressed, the very first thing I tell them to do, or the, one of the first things is, I say, stop what you're doing. Breathe. Just breathe. Pause. Stop and breathe focus on your breath yeah, and bring your totally. attention in and become fully present yes. and then you can become aware because a lot of the things we do we're driven and if you forget your breath's a brilliant way to anchor yourself into the present totally. moment and that's what we that's the key if you get so consumed with the outside world quite often we're making decisions subconsciously not mm -hmm. consciously we're not aware of what we're doing and we're just getting dragged along behind a car mm -hmm. you need to pause and then get in the driving seat mm -hmm. and take control again yeah. and your breath is a great way of doing that yeah, yeah it's a great way to just rest and reset and yeah not get carried away in all the things that are going on mm. but ensure that you're going in the direction that you want to go in yeah <laughs> choose yeah. uh, also a hindu temple parks yeah. and schools yeah yes so i write about happy class about children the most important thing you can do as a human being in this brief lifetime when you experience this realm in this spacesuit we call a body is to experience joy and bliss yes. and children aren't taught this in school no, it's not on the no, syllabus no, no they're not and uh, i spent some time i was blessed actually to Watch the Dalai Lama hold a talk, um, which was the most amazing what? experience. Yeah. Actually, I took my dog Indy into his temple and all the nuns and monks came around us because I found him and he had mange and he was half dead. And they yeah. all gave him so much love and um, it was a beautiful experience. But when I watched him give a talk, one of his main um, points was that we need to teach children how to deal with their emotions, yeah. how to understand when they feel anger, you know, when they feel like, what to do with this. And I just believe that's that that is something we should bring into our society and teach the children because otherwise we end up with a, a mishmash of adults yeah. who are 
unable to to deal with emotions and that impacts everybody it's like the ripple effect yeah. so the schooling system unfortunately the priorities are way of alignment and if you go and see a careers advisor and i say that all careers advisors yes. need to go and get some careers advice <laughs> <a> grip. because <laughs> yeah because they'll say okay what are you getting your best grades at and yeah. then they'll advise you on a career path that's going to make you the most money yeah that is not is what not you should money. be using for your compass no. and direction the greatest for your success life. in life is to be able to spend it in your own way yeah. and if you can figure out what it is that brings you joy like at, when i was in school i loved to do art mm. i remember my family saying i don't think they realized what they were saying it was unconscious but they said if you become an artist you'll never have any money Mm. You'll 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 struggle well, all your life, yeah. where now art is viewed as a as a as a important thing. Where then yeah. it was math, mm. science. What are you going to do to make money? Not what are you going to do to be a happy person? Three shows ago, I did a show with an artist, a lady called Jill Nicholas, who's just had her exhibition on in the Northern Quarter in Manchester, mm. and her artwork. She's prolific. She paints every single day, and her pictures wow. go for thousands. Wow. You know, big money. So. And she's a beautiful, beautiful lady, lovely yeah. person. And art is one of the most valuable things we yes, have, you yes. know. A careers advisor should say, what makes you happy? Yeah. What do you do that makes you smile? Exactly. You know, that's what you should do. Exactly, because one of the things I always say in my meditations is our only purpose on this planet is to be happy. That's what the Dalai number Lama one job. says. Your number one job to is to experience joy and yeah. bliss. And just being a human being mm. and our full potential is something that we can explore through our passions. Like we're all so unique and we're here. We're here to share these unique abilities that we have yeah. and to reach our full potential by spending time with ourselves mm. and really fine tuning what that is, trying different things and realizing who we are and what we can do and what our gift is to the world. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I've nothing to add to that. That's exactly exactly right. A couple of things I'd like to, another couple of topics I'd like to talk yes. about. And first of all, you have a radio show. Yes, I do. Yeah, so you're um, a fellow radio presenter. I am. So actually came to be um, when I sadly, we all sadly lost our friend Joseph this year. Yeah. Um, Joseph took his own life and he'd been struggling mm. with mental health issues for quite some time. Yeah. And we tried, tried to help him, but ultimately you can only help yourself. So yeah. Joseph left, left us here. And what happened afterwards is I thought, how can I actually reach more people and um, touch other people's lives? People who might not go into a yoga studio or people who yeah. might not ever have influences of sound meditation or yoga mm. things so i um sent out a group emails to all different radio stations and liverpool community radio station got back in touch with me and said yep we'd love you to do that awesome. so within a few it was the day after his funeral um i had a radio show and then i thought oh my gosh i don't know what to do yeah. <laughs> i've never done a radio show how am i going to do this and a little bit of anxiety came in but uh, you know, it's been great. It's 55 minutes. It's sharing um, musicians who I think have a powerful message. Yeah. Um, people that I've discovered when I've been traveling around the world. Yeah. Also, um, 
interviewing people who are doing good things in our city and also around the world yeah. and sharing a 15 minute guided meditation at the end so they've Wonderful. got a little you've created this <laughs> platform for example somebody might not go to a yoga class they might not walk in nature they might not be very spiritual yeah. but they'll have the radio on yeah. on the way home from work one day Exactly. And they hear your voice. Exactly. And you've created this platform for other people who may be like-minded or have a, um, a mission of, have a message of compassion. Yes. You know, helping other people, mm -hmm. which is a common chord with everybody that comes on yeah. this show. And you've, you've instigated this. It's beautiful. Mm, yeah, well, it feels so special to be sharing it. And each one has such a different message and a different meditation and... Um, the people who I've been talking to have been wonderful. And I've only done four four shows so far, so more to come. Yeah. yeah it's going to yeah. be. I'm expecting them to be incredibly high sound quality <laughs> with your qualifications. <laughs> well, I'm actually Perfect. recording them from home at the moment. <laughs> Perfectly studio, edited. So. Yeah. yeah, I've been trying my best and using my skills. WAV format, not yeah. MP3. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah. So finally, Rebecca... At the end, when we had the conversation with your show notes, and you make a statement about where you're going from here. So we've arrived in the present moment. We see what you're doing now. Yeah. And then where you're heading. And it's yeah. lifting the vibration yeah. and giving people the skill set to change the frequency mm. and lifting the vibration of the world. So yeah. it sounds bold, but maybe tell us a little bit. It does sound bold, but it's something that we can each do in our everyday life. Mm. Like the ripple effect, we are vibrational beings. And if we're in a good mood, we affect the people around us. So um, I'm you working... You so have to read my book. <laughs> Everything you're saying is in the book. It's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. Well, we're all tuned in to the same frequency, obviously, you know. Yeah. So, um, so what I'm working on is creating a training course. Do you know this is the first vibration. time we've ever had audience laughter in the background. <laughs> <laughs> we've never had that before. We've got a live studio audience here, folks, and <laughs> Lynette's clap. providing the odd little laughing at the bits we're not supposed to. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh. But yeah, I'm working on a course, a change vibration course, because I realise. Um, Changing first, be the change, like Gandhi said. Yeah, it's you want so to see true. In the world, yeah. yeah, if you want to see change in the world, the first thing you need to do is change yourself. So, exactly. um, I'm a total advocate of this, and I believe you know once you've made these changes, then you have the skills and energy to be able to help other people. So, I'm working on a course to help people to change their own vibration, and then they can go on to help other people change theirs. I'm also um, moving into more movement, um, mm -hmm. the change vibration movement. So I'm starting aquatic therapy, uh, which is based on shiatsu movements. So it's a deep session where it's actually moving the body because the issue is trapped in the tissue. The issue is in the tissue. I learned this in yoga. So when you move, you, you m uh, release issues from the tissues that have been trapped there because the body has a memory. The body stores physical memories yep. inside of it. So I'm um, going to be doing deep sessions um, fusioned with the singing bells because they float in a hydrotherapy pool, doing the shiatsu movements. It's great for mobility issues. It's great for deep trauma and doing sessions like that, as well as actual sound baths. So you are in a bath. You are in a hot bath. 
uh, hydrotherapy pool. Same bath in a bath. I love uh, some bath of that. In a bath, yes. Um, on a floating uh, hammock. <laughs> yeah. with uh, a, a water speaker and the singing bowls that are there. So it will be a guided sound meditation um, with some gentle movements in the water as well. So, so is this the aquatic therapy? Yeah, ah, so that's what I'm moving right. into. And yeah, the radio show, the aquatic therapy. I've also just started dance college. Right. So, you know be the change like yeah. that you want to see and feel in yourself like I wanted to explore having been a dancer in Garland's never done any professional dancing but as a child growing up in Walton mm. I always wanted to do ballet but you know we're a working class family we didn't have the money for that and now I realize like what do I want to do for me so I've I want to learn how to dance, you mm -hmm. know, I want to learn ballet, I want to learn jazz, contemporary commercial. So I've just started training in this. <laughs> That's wonderful. And I always say a lot of people think they're trapped, they get to a certain point and think, okay, this is my lot and I've got to settle for this. Yeah. Start today. It's never Not too late. All. Change, make yeah. some good choices and yeah. do what you love. Yeah, exactly. And I've had a lot of emails off people saying, I didn't know you could do this when you were older because mm. the girls on my on my class are all, you know, I'm old enough to be their mother and they've been dancing yeah. since they were six. And well, <laughs> if, if you're older, I'm... Very old. <laughs> so you're not actually that old, Rebecca. No, not at no. all. And there's there's no reason to think that, you know, you have to stop learning because you, you, you grow older. In fact, you you know, you have the capability and capacity to learn more the more we grow, you know. Yeah. Why not feed the brain, feed our minds, give ourselves something interesting and a new experience to think about and throw yourself catapult out of that comfort zone because that's when you learn the most about yourself and that's what I learned from traveling around the world for several years that that's when you discover what you what you're capable of and under stress and pressure what you what you can come yeah. up with and what you can present <laughs> Wayne Dyer always used to say you squeeze an orange and out comes orange juice so whatever you have inside that's all you can give out to the world so if you're putting a a stressful situation yeah. and you're highly stressed inside, how comes a stressful response? Yes. If you're put in a stressful situation and you've got peace, joy and love yeah. inside, how comes a peaceful, joyous, totally. loving response? So it's really important to do the inner work and yes. make time for yourself. And a lot of people might think this is a selfish pursuit. Oh, no. If you do inner work and make time for yourself, you're yeah. doing this because you love the people around you. Yes. Because if you want to make everybody else happy and make their lives full of bliss and joy, mm -hmm. that's what you need to give them. Yeah, and in order totally. to do that, you have to be a little bit selfish and you have to look after yourself yep. first. Totally, Very totally important. agree. It's a really important thing to learn. Yeah. And another thing as well that I learned from my travels in India is um, learning how to use, your, use yourself as an instrument. We're all instruments. Getting in touch with your own inner voice through toning, mantra, umming, all of these powerful sounds that you can make um, after doing an integral sound healing course in Auroville, where they have the most incredible meditation dome called the Matramandia. Spend a lot of time meditating in this dome um, and also influenced um, by um, an Om choir that's been running since the 60s. Yeah. A beautiful man there called Narand, um, who basically uh, downloaded information that human beings are meant to open portals with sound. Yeah. So he created an Om choir and for all these years they've been oming, toning together. I went there and I actually recorded it and I, I heard different sounds and frequencies that I'd never heard before. I spoke to my music teacher and he said it's 
polyphonic overtones. And then I went on to study overtone singing, where you can create a different overtone whilst making one tone, you create a higher tone. And it's so powerful for the body. Yeah. It's healing. It's like the singing bowls, but it's doing it for yourself. You, we yeah. were actually toning into each other's bodies. And the arm choir, I've felt the energy in this in the room and it was like like you could feel there was a light in the center, like sound is light. Mm. So this is something that I also want to create in the future and bring people together. And I've also found out on my travels that the earth has chakras like we do on our body. Yeah. And I went to a lot of the chakras with serenity and um tone the different what's your other ball called uh, this is um tara she's tara. the healing goddess yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. she's the water ball you have that in buddhism the green tara yeah, yeah this is the medicine buddhist tara, and all yeah. the om mani padniyam so she's the yeah. healing goddess so i went to the the chakras and toned the frequent tone the the sounds of the chakras with groups of people and what i'd like to organize is toning groups of people toning at the chakra points of earth simultaneously to like i do in my sessions retune the chakras yeah, yeah, with sound yeah, yeah to to retune the earth's chakras with sound as vibrate well, them to remove any them, trapped negative to energy the vibration yeah. because the earth is a being and yeah. gaia yeah and mm. and she needs healing too and I think we're here, here to help her heal. And she's here to, to heal us too when we earth, when we tune in. Mm. So it's a, it's a give and take. And I think we need to start giving and not just taking. You look like Wonder Woman, you know, uh, with your headdress. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. what's yeah. Linda Carter Thank was you. the original Wonder Woman. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, you look similar as well. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Rebecca, delighted you came on the show. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Um, As am I. Yeah, it's been uh, interesting. You've had an amazing life journey. You've got a, a beautiful energy, a lovely lady. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much too. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So, Rebecca, if somebody wants to get in touch with you on social media and possibly come and do some of your sessions, yes. how do they do that? So you can find me on Change Vibration Movement on Facebook and Instagram or email me directly on changevibrationmovement at gmail.com. So I'm going to finish the show off with a quote from my book, From Pills to Peace. The music you hear inside is your dharma. Dance to it. And that simply means to follow your hearts, your passion and do what you love. You are meant to experience joy and bliss on a daily basis, not just now and again, every single day. So you can watch this show every week on YouTube and then three days later, it also comes out as an audio podcast on Spotify, Podbean and iTunes. You can buy the book on Amazon and various other places in Kindle format, in paperback format and the audiobook, which is available on ACX and also Audible and iTunes. You can go to the website midnightmcbride.com. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. And you can listen to the radio show every Monday night on Salford City Radio, 94.4 FM. Midnight till midnight with the Mind, Body and Spirit show from 11pm till 12pm. Hope you've enjoyed the show and we'll see you next time. Shalom.